In between the beginning and end of life, there is creation. And in between the beginning and end of creation, there is time for the Forecast Podcast. Welcome. I'm your ever-intrepid host, Sophie O. My guest on this episode is Jeff Mark Leavitt, a photographer, guitar maker, former academic, and all-around impressive person. Our conversation went to some heady places, talking about the future and the pitfalls of capitalism. Yet, as smart as he obviously is, Jeff made me feel so at ease. I'm really excited to show you what he had to say, so here it is. All right. Hi, I'm here with Jeff Mark Leavitt. Hi, Jeff. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm also well. Thank you. Well, what should I know about you? Like off the top of your head, what's the most important things to know about you? So I suppose the one thing you should know about me is I am a photographer and I've been a photographer for nearly two decades at this point. And it's been a wild ride. Uh, lots, uh, lots of ups, lots of downs and working with forecasts and all the folks involved with forecast has been such a, such a ride, such a dream doing things that I never really thought I would be doing at all. Sometimes I'm on set and I'm just like, I have an out of body experience and I'm like, I can't believe I'm, I'm doing this with all these really wonderful creative people. Um, so I am extremely eternally grateful for, uh, for Rita and everyone involved. And, um, thanks for selecting me as someone you you guys want to interview of course how long have you been um have been uh working for forecast Oof, probably since oh, i want to say 2019 maybe 2018 yeah and do you have any let's say like fun stories our last shoot we were doing it in the middle of the night on a beach kind of near point magoo and we had three models and it was a nude shoot. So there weren't any other people on the beach. We were far away from the road. It was in the middle of the night and there was no one else around. So we're doing the shoot and we get a shot set up and this was kind of a longer exposure. This was probably about a, a 10 second exposure, something like that. And I opened the shutter and then these blinding lights just shine right at us. And it was the police. <gasps> and they said, you got five minutes to get out of here right now. And the I have not seen people move so fast. These, these people just shot up and ran out of the frame. And then the shutter closed. So what's it actually created one of my favorite images. The light from the the uh, the cruiser and their motion out of the frame just really created a really really fantastic fun shot well i'm glad you got something worthwhile out of that so i happen to know also that you're not just a photographer but an academic <laughs> so in the past few months to just be totally open and candid um i've had some 
stuff going on in my life that kind of actually made me back away from academia. I did go to school for history. I uh, have an MA in history. I've gone through several teaching programs. I've taught classes, and um, I just uh, I just feel like it. Um, I never really got what I I really was really hoping for from from the industry. But yeah, I I studied a lot of marginalized people um, in this this country. I started as an early Americanist, and then I eventually moved to 20th century history. And my thesis was about the Japanese American incarceration during World War II. And I had part of that project published with with Forecast, and it was a, a real honor to have that that work put out there. But um, but yeah, I uh, I've kind of moved moved away from academia a little bit, and I am doing something completely different now. <laughs> and Frida was the one who was actually explaining this all to me, and she said that you are a white cis, I believe, heterosexual man who is very interested in like intersectionality and the ways in which oppression plays in terms of race and sexuality and gender. So what's that like? In practically every instance of interaction among different groups of people in this country, it always seems to be that groups love marginalizing one another and othering people. That is a trend, a constant trend from the birth of this country to now. White groups of people dividing and othering and, and subjugating non-white groups in various ways. And uh, unfortunately, it seems to be, as I said, a, a constant. And it's a trend that you can track throughout our history, even before the founding of this nation. And um, I feel like we're very much a still a colonial minded people in how we treat the land about how we treat people that were here before um how we treat our environment and resources it's very settler colonial and uh yeah so um it's a very painful history but people need to to know it and i feel like that there is a big push to create like an ignorance toward our history in this country trying to regulate what universities teach or what books are in what libraries or just all things like that. Um, it's just another way to propagate, I feel like, uh, ignorance. And once you have an ignorant population, you know, they're not only easily manipulable, but uh, they'll continue to other one another instead of look at what we all have in common and get get along together. But I think of like in Florida where it's like book ban upon book ban and, you know, trying to take away African American AP his history courses and it's like Americans just don't want to acknowledge how America was built. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's just kind of like uh, the I feel like the powers that be a lot of politicians want to continue to subjugate people. So as long as we have a really squeaky clean history of like, oh, we, we never did that, you know, we're not doing it now and all that sort of stuff, they can, I feel like they can maybe get away with 
get away with these things, but uh, and no one would really question it. Yeah, it's horrific, and it makes me wonder, like, how do we fight against this? It's hard. I really wish I had an answer, but I mean, I think really the answer is just education, not um, indoctrination. But the, but the problem with that is you have folks that see education as indoctrination. And when you learn about like race history, you have huge groups of people that think that that's like lying to our children. If we teach uh, how we, we treated non-whites, oh, that's just the left propaganda trying to uh, critical race theory, you know, trying to indoctrinate our children um, into these leftists. And so it's hard when you have two groups that are completely unwilling to um, compromise at all. And one side is always lying and the other side is always the liar. And, and yeah, it's, it's very difficult. So it's kind of like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can put a kid in a university, but you know, if they're completely unwilling to, take the material as truth and just think that their history teachers or their humanities teachers are just lying to them to push some sort of a, an agenda or propaganda, then it's, it's hard to reach those people and change minds. And it's, it's hard to say that this is a free country built by people who wanted to be a free country when that's not, oh. not necessarily <laughs> the case, not for everyone. I know that's, um, George Carlin had a bit about that, that this country was founded by slaveholders who wanted yeah. to be free. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. you know, hypocrisy built right in. A lot of times I think that uh, maybe some of the founding fathers just wanted to get the king off their backs so they can mm. kind of be the powers that be, not necessarily to create a free country, but to create a country that they can run. That um, makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. I was just going to say, I miss George Carlin a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But when you take a look at uh, American revolutionary history now, mm-hmm. what I think is really, really great, a great trend, is if you were to go into an American uh, revolutionary work class now, you would learn about women, Native American slaves, mm-hmm. loyalists. You would learn about groups that decades ago you you wouldn't hear about like during the bicentennial for instance the history was very uh conservative you would learn about american exceptionalism and you would learn about uh battles and george washington and the founding fathers and how these men were the greatest to ever lived but you wouldn't hear about slaves you wouldn't hear about native americans women um anything like that so the trend in history is to incorporate stories of groups that are left out of history. And I think that's a really wonderful, positive trend. So, yeah, but a lot yeah, of, a lot of older um, folks, when they grew up, they were told in their, in their classrooms about American exceptionalism and a more conservative take on uh, American um, history. So, when they see their student, their their kids now students in universities, and then being told about all these other groups, it's probably difficult for them to to accept that. You know, wait a minute, you're not learning about how America is the greatest country, and how like wonderful George Washington was, and all this stuff. But yeah, anyway. That actually, I never considered it like that. I'm like, oh, that's why my 
mom was so excited to see George Washington's war tent at the Revolutionary Museum. Exactly. Like, yeah. It adds up. Mm-hmm. Now, in that museum, you will see a lot more about the uh, loyalist point of view, mm. um, which is very important because patriots, it's uh, <laughs> the. There were groups of, of patriots that um, treated loyalists very, very poorly. They were uh, loyalists were um, attacked, pulled out of their homes, tarred and feathered, essentially acts of domestic terrorism. And mm. you can kind of equate how certain founding fathers whipped up groups of people, groups of patriots to completely other loyalists and those that still wanted to remain part of England. And as we've seen on events like January 6th, it's very easy to whip up a mob to attack another institution, you know, that is oppressing us. And these mobs become violent. And that is something that a lot of patriots did during the war. Vigilantism and things like that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice to, to, to start learning more about groups that are typically marginalized in history. Definitely, definitely. Um, thank you for sharing all that. Um, so what kind of project will you be working on next? Like what does the future hold for you artistically or in any other capacity? I'm building guitars now. I'm going totally different, different trajectory. Probably about 10 years ago, I started building and repairing guitars. And I've always been a repair person for a long time. It's kind of my vocation. And uh, during the pandemic, I started a little repair business and uh, it kind of took off. But um, recently, I just wanted to start building again. So I really invested in my business. And um, I'm working with uh, another company and and we're doing commissions. And uh, I'm knee deep in about uh, an order for 10 guitars handmade totally built by me so it's really fun working with tools and working with your hands and you really feel that this uh, a sense of accomplishment just taking slabs of wood and turning them into a tool for creativity that someone's going to be totally stoked about how did you get into that in the first place when I um, got out of high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And, uh, you know, I had no idea. But I liked guitar. And I was like, oh, guitar? Maybe I'll learn how to make a guitar. So there was this college that had a guitar-making program, a uh, little certificate. So I ended up doing that. And um, it was a lot of fun. And I, I got a job as a guitar tech. And uh, I was there for like five years um and then i just did it started doing it independently and i've been doing it ever since isn't there a word for guitar maker i forget the word it's a luthier luthier yes which is a very renaissance sounding word i really like it well thank you so much for chatting with me today totally yeah and welcome to the uh forecast family thank you so much hope to see you in person sometime soon I hope to see you in person sometime soon. (laughs) Sounds good. It's a deal. And so our time together for now is over. Our time together will come again. 
Now is the time for creation and exploration. The moon rises, the sun sets. I'm Sophie O, and this has been the Forecast Podcast. Thank you.